Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Tips Tuesday. I'm going to do something a little special today. This is actually a sneak peek. So y'all are the first to know that I am going to have a Pet Biz MBA Foundations course that will be coming out within the next two months. You will see this by the end of the year. So those of you that might be out there working on the apps, that want to start your own business full time instead of trading your own time and talents and somebody else getting the money for it. Or if you have been working for another company and have considered it, or if you're going to relocate and you've considered, or if you've just been doing it on the side and you are ready to go full blown with a business, this foundations course is going to be just for you. So this week, I'm going to give you a little sneaky peeky into one of the lessons in one of our modules. So this lesson is on naming your business, which is so hugely personal, isn't it? So of course, choosing your business name is not just a knee-jerk reaction. Some business minds will just say, okay, well, whatever your city's name is, just put that onto what you do and let's call that your business name. I mean, that might be perfect for SEO uh, whenever you're doing your website search engine optimization. That might be great. It might be available. It might not be. And it might be the best choice for you. It might not be. Sometimes you just have to take it personal and come up with something that's more creative. You're going to live by the name. You're going to be identified by it as long as you have your business, unless you change the name, which I personally have changed mine twice over 25 years. Let me tell you, the whole process is a challenge though. So here are some pro tips for choosing your business name. First of all, putting your personal name in the business is sometimes limiting. There are some super successful companies that do that, which is totally awesome. Uh, But it can be limiting should their exit plan be in actually selling their company someday. You usually hope that at some point or at at that point that they do sell, that the brand is so well known that the new owner really doesn't have any issues with the company being uh, under another person's name. Um, I am actually a child of the 80s. Y'all probably know this from my references. So I'm bringing another reference in here. Do you know the movie, The Princess Bride? I can pretty much recite most of the uh, lines of that movie. So bear with me if you've never seen it. For those of you that have a super successful business that is under just one person's name can actually live forever. Kind of like the Dread Pirate Roberts, right? Just the name would carry the brand. But for most people, I'm not going to advise it. So another tip. Should you put pet sitting or dog walking in your business name? Well, that can be limiting also. 
It is absolutely wonderful because it immediately tells your audience what you do. So that might be perfect, but it can limit you if you want to expand or if you want to add on additional services or if you want to change the focus of your business. Third tip, putting your city in your business name can be limiting. So again, what if you expand? What if you relocate? Having your city in there can definitely hinder those things. Tip number four, your business name should be clear and not confusing. Avoid using made up words. Some businesses try to be a little too cutesy and become unmemorable. Of course, um, there's a lot of cutesy in the pet industry and some of these words, these combinations of words, you have to realize you are not necessarily naming the business for you. You are naming it for your target audience. So what is going to be easy for them to remember? If you have a client who is referring to a coworker, what is going to be easy for them to just say verbally and that coworker be able to Google you themselves? That is very, very important. Tip number five, be careful using words that can be misspelled easily. That is very similar to some of these made-up combination words. Not everybody is going to know that perfect is spelled P-U-R-R. So, you know, you don't want to use uncommon spelling in some of these words because, again, if I'm telling my coworker, oh, you can use the company I use, which is Perfectly Awesome Pets. Well, okay, so they're going to go back and they're going to probably Google the normal spelling, wouldn't you think? So you want to make sure that you think about that. Let's see. Up, ah, tip number six. Haha, <laughs> this is a funny one for me. Avoid a business with a number in the name. So, okay, let me tell you, back in the day, I've been around 25 years, we had primary marketing in the yellow pages. So back in the day, using a number to start your business name was part of a strategic plan. Numbers actually came before the alphabet in the yellow pages. So in any category listing, you would show up first, right? Okay, well, I mean, this isn't important anymore. So there are going to be very few situations where that is going to benefit you unless, say, there's an online search engine that does have it uh, categorized in that way. Having an actual number in your business is going to make it more challenging for a prospective client to find you if they're trying to Google you. So same situation as the previous two. Words that can be misspelled easily, made up words. Uh, I have to say, I've made it work out for myself. I chose my business name, which starts with a number. I chose that 15 years ago. I was not thinking ahead and it is more challenging. Think about that coworker. If you were saying, hey, wanna refer you to the pet company I use, what are they going to Google when they verbally hear that? So, you know, do you actually have the physical number itself or do you spell it out? You definitely want to make sure either way, if you do choose this route, that you purchase both versions of the URL, which of course is your website address. All right, next tip that we have, 
before you make a decision, check any one of the uh, URL places, GoDaddy, uh, register.com, anything like that. Check and make sure that the URL is available as a .com, not a .net or a .biz. .com is still king of the castle. So if there is another company out there already with your business name and they have the .com, number one, you want to go and see if they're trademarked. I still don't recommend using anything besides .com, but if you are tempted to go with a .net or anything like that, I mean, that's like that's like the secondary phone line when we used to have house lines. It's just not used as often, and primary.com is what everyone is going to automatically check first. So you do want to make sure that you can get a very clear URL if you can get your exact business name. That is what you want to do primary. Again, coworker, always go back to that when you're thinking about that business name. If they say, you know, go to um, Bill's Dog Walking, you know, you want to make sure that you have billsdogwalking.com. I know that was a stupid example, but you get what I mean. Next tip, make sure you research your state or local business and name registration sites to make sure there is not a business with a similar name. So this would be, of course, anyone in the industry. So make sure that you're checking all of the different pet industries. You certainly don't want to be confused for another company who might not have as great of a reputation as the one you plan on building in your community. So there will be some sort of state or local business registration. You can check your state, uh, your secretary of state office. That is usually where you can do a registration search to see what else is out there. Now, if you plan on growing a team and potentially expanding into other cities or states, make sure you check the USPTO test website, or you want to hire a trademark attorney to do the research for you. Now, I do have back in uh, previous episodes that I've had, uh, I have uh, one of the earlier tips that I had, uh, should you trademark your business name. If you are considering that, you want to go back and definitely listen to that episode. Now, one thing for you is you probably want to go ahead and check your business name anyway on the U.S. Patent Trademark Office website because some people that, well, I'd have to say a lot of people that trademark their business names are doing it for a purpose. It is not an inexpensive thing. And if they find out that you are operating with their business name, they have the legal right in the entire United States to send you a cease and desist letter. So I always recommend have that be the ultimate place that you check to make sure that you couldn't potentially be in violation down the road. It's a very expensive mistake if you settle on a name, set up your website, print all your marketing materials, start operations, start to build a community for your brand, and then have to go back and change everything. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I know a pet business owner who had to rebrand 
four years into his business because a national company popped up who claimed the name in the federal registry and he had to go back and change his name to avoid confusion. Super expensive. He was already a large company four years into the business. So just don't set yourself up for that. Make sure you check all of these locations. Now, another thing that you can have along with your business name is a tagline. So taglines can totally be fun. No matter what your business name is, a tagline should explain clearly or clarify what you do. If your business name includes dog walking and pet sitting, and those are your main services, then you don't necessarily need a tagline. I mean, that would be like extra fun icing on the cake. But if your company name does not include the services that you provide, then it would be beneficial to your ideal client or your target community to provide a tagline that clarifies what you do. So for example, let's use Porter's Pups. Okay, it's a good, nice, short name. It's a good use of alliteration, you know, of course, starting with the same letter or sound. Clearly, we know this company does something with dogs, right? Porter's Pups, something with dogs. But are they a breeder? Are they a groomer? Do they do dog walking? Do they provide boarding or daycare? Does that kind of make sense? We have no clue and neither will our target audience. So this is when you get phone calls asking, do you have Cocker Spaniels for sale? You know, those are all annoying to us. A tagline would be appropriate here just to clarify. Something like, Porter's Pups, we let the dogs out. See what I mean? That clarifies that this person is providing the service of letting your dogs out. So that is a good use of a tagline. So let's talk a little bit more about some name similarities. I can't stress how important it is to do a thorough assessment of any company in the entire pet industry in your area. Eliminate ideas that might even remotely be similar. You do not want to risk someone's bad experience with another company going on your Google reviews or your Facebook profile, or even Yelp. Expand your search statewide if you are in a bi-state or tri-state area, if that is um, important to you, sorry, or if you're in a bi-state or tri-state. Cross state lines, again, you don't want to have any confusion. Now, a little bit more on naming. This industry as a professional industry is, you know, it's over four decades old. There have been tons of businesses that have started, some businesses that have been around for a long time, some that have opened and closed, but there are some really way overused business names that I would recommend trying to avoid. Some might be trademarked, some might already be in multiple states, um, you know, some of them might have the root name and then have um, the actual location listed in the business name. But you definitely do not want to have any confusion. So just a few to avoid. Critter sitters, um, pet nanny, definitely. Anything with the word wag or rover. I mean, that should be self-explanatory. Creature comforts, super big. Uh, Of course, using the word fetch or using we've got your tail covered as a tagline. Uh, that is an example of a uh, something that is federally registered and trademarked. 
So you can't use anything like that. Um, things like furry friends, happy tails, happy paws, almost anything happy. Uh, possum. That's one of those words that I see an awful lot, but it's, it's that combination of words that's cutesy, but it's not clear to the coworker. Uh, peace of mind is used a lot. So that's, that's just a few that are almost in any of the large communities. Be clear, but be original. Now, if you're in a trade organization, sometimes they will post like welcomes to companies that have joined on social media, or, you know, some of them will have in, in articles, they'll have listed companies that have gotten certifications. Look through those. Um, that's going to help you see some of the ones that are commonly used and, and things that you can avoid. And it might also give you some creative ideas of your own for your own business name. So once you have settled in on your brilliant name, you'll want to ensure compliance as a business with your state and local municipalities your counties, your boroughs, whatever local governing body that you have. So each state, like I mentioned, has a wonderful resource to help get you started in your new business and definitely get you compliantly and legally started in your new business, typically the Secretary of State's office under the business section. So most areas, if you're just starting with a simple business structure like a sole proprietor, you will just need to file a fictitious name registration. That is anytime you're not using your personal name as your business name. So the cost varies. Um, in my state, it's only $7. It's very easy to do in most states online. And then the state is going to provide you with a certificate. That certificate is what you are going to need to open a business bank account. Now, this is a whole different lesson, but... Super important if you are going into business to have a business bank account and keep your business and your personal finances separate. So business name, check. You filed with the state and the local community as a business, check. Now it's time to have fun with what your business is going to look like and what it's going to re represent in your community. This is called your branding. Branding is so much fun. It's, it's everything visual that you put out to your target community, along with the promise to your customer of what they can expect from your company. This can be everything from your mission statement and your company values to your unique selling proposition to the look of your company on digital and tangible marketing products. But that is for another lesson. Thank you for listening to this Tip Tuesday. Just a little peek into a tiny little corner of my new foundations course. All about your business name. Keep a lookout in all of my materials in the Pet, Pet Biz Hive Facebook page. And listen in here on the Pet Biz Hive podcast. And I will let you know when it is coming out. If you have any friends or anyone in your community who is looking to start a pet business or get some part-time work that they've been doing rolled out to full-time or officially get off of the apps, then make sure that they know to join and listen in for the release of the Pet Biz MBA Foundations course. 
Y'all make it a great weekend. What is your next best move? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?